podcasting from inside the stash. I'm Jenny. I'm Nicole. And this is Stash and Burn. Hey folks, it's Nicole. I'm just popping in here to let you know that there are some sound quality issues with this episode. As best as I can tell, I did not plug the mic in correctly, so Jenny and I are being recorded just on the computer, which means there's a little bit of room noise, more room noise than usual, like the um, background. Um, the good news is I think it cut out some of the outside noise that I thought we were picking up a ton of. So you can hear some sawing and maybe a little bit of, um, weed whacker now and then, but I thought it was going to be worse because the sound quality would have been better had the mic been plugged in. So this, uh, first section, the first 45 minutes or so with me and Jenny, um, the sound is a little low and then I'm going to come in at the end to talk about sewing and it, um, pumps back up to the mic so sorry about that and i will try to be more vigilant in the in the future i think i actually know exactly what happened i <laughs> just plugged it into the wrong outlet on my computer so that wouldn't work at all all right enjoy this episode hello hi jenny <laughs> isn't you guys gonna enjoy my um sexy jenny voice uh, i don't know i feel like this is like <laughs> squeaky peter brady post adolescent like early adolescence voice <laughs> Uh, I am uh, getting over a series of colds, the first of which I named Las Vegas, and uh, <laughs> the second one I think is son and or daughter of Las Vegas, so um, I'm feeling fine, I'm just, I'm all just sound pretty scary. A kid yesterday asked me if I had the whooping cough, as he put it, and I said, and I just said yes, he goes, really? And I said, no, am I coughing? No. <laughs> But some kids at my school, at the school where I work, had a whooping cough. It's really uh, interesting to me that that. Has, did they make all the teachers get revaccinated? I got revaccinated when Adrian was born, so mm-hmm. I'm not concerned. They don't make anybody do anything really where I work. So, right. Um, I would if I had not been revaccinated, and I was an adult in that community. I for sure would be getting that vaccine. Ugh. But um, I think the problem that happens is that. There's a booster you're supposed to get when you're 12, and mm-hmm. I have a feeling that's an easy one to miss. Right. And that's why it's teenagers who get it. And then I think you even can lose immunity over yeah. time, so. I know. I wonder. Yeah. I was actually thinking when I should get revaccinated. It's only been five years, but I think it is about a five-year cycle. I don't know. I don't know. I remember. <laughs> Come on, nurse. <laughs> well, you know, isn't, like, tetanus once every 10 years? <laughs> yeah, and it's in the same shot, right? Right, right, right. And <laughs> that's your medical lesson for the day. <laughs> Get vaccinated, okay. people. <laughs> so, Jenny and I are both knitting right now, and we are both knitting self-striping socks. <laughs> First of all, that it's socks is hilarious. I know. When's the last time you knit a pair of socks? A whole pair? Yeah. yeah I have no idea. I knit a single um, sock for John that I knit back, like, in February of 2013, and I never knit the second sock. They're really cool socks, too. They're really awesome. Or, it's a cool sock, the right. one that exists. If I could knit the second one, they would be awesome. An awesome pair of socks. I think I made, when I was pregnant with Matilda, I made tiny baby socks for uh, her. Oh, yeah. Did those um, stick out? How did, I don't know those how didn't really in. fit. Um, I think I made them too small. <laughs> but, uh, other than that, before, like, I made a I mean, oh, it must have been years. Many years. Really? You made some for Harold, mostly, right? Yeah, but then I stopped because he had the, he has this hot foot problem. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know the last full pair of socks that I knit <coughs> for myself. I think it might have been, um... I'm looking at the remnant of it in Malabrigo sock Turner. I knit myself a pair of socks uh, that were really cute, but um, that has no nylon in it. It, it, I got a hole. Not it was even a hole. Like the the yarn snapped. I think it was a slip stitch pattern, and I think it just oh. pulled. And the tension was too much. Bad luck with socks. Remember I have those little I, pumpkin socks. I have terrible luck with socks, but. That has not stopped me. I've decided, here's my current working theory. First of all, um, I listen to the Just One More Row podcast, and those girls have an obsession with self-striping yarn. And I, so that's, that's why I bought this game of oh, self-striping really? yarn. That's <laughs> why, I know. This is all your fault, Jen and Brittany. <laughs> um, and so 
I got to thinking about it, and I just, I love the look of self-striping yarn, and I myself personally love striped socks. Like, right. I don't know, it's like a witchy-poo thing or something. Right. I just love stripy socks. So, um, I've got obsessed with the concept of knitting self-striping socks, and the thought that I don't have to do any patterning. It can be a really meditative knit, right. because... The yarn does all the work, and I have to say, it's super exciting waiting for the next color. Exactly, to come out. yeah. That's the great thing about self striping. So, what is this yarn that you're working with? So, this is a sock yarn by I think a sh- Etsy shop that no longer is um, selling yarn called mm-hmm. Alaskan Nancy, mm-hmm. and it's like um, some sort of Alaskan autumn colorway. Oh, it's beautiful. Can you describe the colors? Uh, yeah, it's it goes from like. Hot pink to orangey yellow to a plum color to a lavender color to a burnt orange color to a leafy green color. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes back to the pink. So that's kind of the... And I'm making socks for Matilda, so the stripes are slightly um, thicker than I think they would be on an adult woman's oh, sock. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but they're, they're really, even. yeah, very evenly spaced stripes. Cute. It was very cute. And I am knitting um, a sock for Adrian in um, yarn from Fish Knits Yarns. And uh, Fish Knits is Jody Fish. She's in, she's lo- localish to us. She lives in Tracy, which is about 40 minutes east of the Bay Area. And um, I went to Lambtown last weekend. And sort of was my thing. I'd been stocking some self-striping yarns on Etsy and decided, well, let me go to Lambtown and see what I find there. And um, I don't know if there was other self-striping yarn, but I immediately gravitated and found this. and gravi- Not immediately found it, but when I found it, I was like, I want this. And um, I was in the booth with Adrian and Cleo, who were, it was kind of hard. They were, like, putting their face on the yarn. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> On, like, this incredibly <laughs> sweltering hot day. <laughs> it was like this manifestation of, like, when people talk about how they, like, want to dive into the yarn and smell the yarn. They were, like, and literally, like, it. <laughs> rolling in the yarn. Um, and I was like, I got to get out of here. But And my mom was there, so she eventually, like, got them away from, from the yarn. But before they were swept away, Adrian picked out this yarn called Neon, and um, it is, um, it's a, a way of dyeing that she does. It's called color play. So instead of the evenly striped um, stripes, which she has in her other yarns, it's, they alternate kind of thick and thin stripes. Um, and they're somewhat it's random. A nice effect. Yeah, it's not, it's not even, it's not the same thing every time, really. So it goes from um, kind of a, a dusty blue, kind of, um, into a hot, hot pink and a, well, let's just say a neon pink into a neon orange into a really lovely uh, teal and a great purple, kind of a standard purple, and then a, a bright orange and then a highlighter yellow and then back to the um, the dusky light blue. So I'm almost finished with the first sock. Um, so do you think that that sequence will repeat Good question. Literally, or do you yeah. think it will shift? I think it will, only because I started with dusky blue in the hot pink, and I'm now at dusky blue in the hot pink okay. again. Right. So that's my guess of how that will work. I think the thicknesses of the stripes might vary, mm-hmm. um, and the socks will not be twins, because I'm just going to start again. I know, me too. At the end, <laughs> whatever that will be. So we'll probably start around the pink uh, pink into green. Right. Um. So he was pretty excited. He wanted me to cast on with him that day when we got home from Lambtown. <laughs> I managed to put it off until he was in bed and cast on, I think, the next day. So, um, you know, I'm, and I've been working on other stuff on one other project. So You're doing toe-up, right? I'm doing toe-up. You are doing cuff-down. I am. How did you do, how did you start? So I did Judy's Magic cast-on. Actually, I used um, the basic sock recipe that's in Tiny Treads, which um, Tiny Treads is a cooperative press book, and I want to say, is it? Is it Katya Frankel? I think it is. Um, let me just double check that. Um, and they have a basic recipe for toe-up and for cuff-down mm-hmm. um, based on gauge and on um, you know foot size. So I thought I was going to be getting more like seven stitches per inch. So when I started it, I just started from the toe 
Um, and they all start the same, so which was nice because then when I got up to where I needed to know whether I needed to increase again, I um, I could measure my gauge a little bit, and I was actually getting eight more like eight stitches. Mm-hmm. So I did one more increase. Are you uh, doing using ones? No, I'm using two point seven five millimeter. <laughs> what are you using? These are ones. But that what's the thickness on that? Oh, I, I should measure that. <laughs> because I th- I think that the, those looked like the same. Maybe they're 2.5 millimeter. I don't know. I don't know. At that point, it gets very confusing. No, they're a little bit smaller. I lost my 2.5s. Hmm. Remember when I lost the pair of socks I was working on at the, movie, yeah, on at the movies? Yeah, yeah. I had both sets of 2.5s in there. So I need to get some more of those. But I want to get Haya Haya, and Article Crack isn't carrying Haya Haya, I think, anymore. So, um, yeah, so I, I just increased it. I was wondering, yeah, I guess I should, I, I thought about going to a smaller needle size, but I think it's going to be fine. I think it, yeah, they look great. Um, it's exciting. I didn't even measure gauge. I was like, like just shooting for eight and, uh, I'm not adding any ease to the pattern for her foot circumference. So I did mainly because I'm thinking, these his feet grow so fast that if they're a little big right now, mm-hmm. then he'll be able. His it's ridiculous how he goes through socks, that maybe he can wear these at least through the winter. Through the winter, maybe yeah. even who knows, even longer. Um, well, I mean, he probably doesn't wear socks for a large portion of the year, right? That's true. So he yeah, and and yeah, he wears those um, native shoes most of the time without socks. So. Um, so, anyway, we're knitting socks. It's craziness. So, tell me about Lambtown. When you saw the sheep getting shared, were they, like, visibly, like, oh, so much cooler? <laughs> <laughs> Last weekend was a scorcher here in the it, Bay Area. And it was really yeah. hot there. So, we got there, and um, we took, um, I took Adrian and Cleo, and John came with me, and we got there, and immediately we were all like, oh, my God, it's really hot. It was in a different location. The first time I we went to Lambtown, I swear, it was just, like, by this tiny barn, and then with, like, stuff on a hillside, like, not on a hillside, but, like, on a grassy knoll. Uh-huh. And this was on the fairgrounds. So there were actually two exhibition halls, and so most of the vendors, thank God, were in these, if not air-conditioned, they were swamp-cooled, you know, oh, so good. it was cool yeah. inside. Um, and then... There were sheepdog trials, which were really awesome, but it was in the direct sun, uh, and we could not stay out there for very long. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's not Katya Frankel. It's uh, Julie Caparco, who uh, was the one who, woman who designed the Peepo Pie um, vest that I made once, mm-hmm. and also that foxy jumper for kids with a little fox so motif. So cute. So I apologize. But Tiny Transit is a cooperative press book, and it's super cute. I, in addition to having all these great sock patterns for kids. I just want to point out, I love the design aesthetic of this book. I love the font that they use. And it just, it makes me happy to look at this book every time I flip through it. Um, So if you're interested in looking at that, it is um, available um, through Cooperative Press. And I believe you can buy the patterns also on, on, yeah, of course you can, on Ravelry um, for $16.95 as an ebook. So um, back to Lambtown. It was very hot. <laughs> we saw one sheepdog trial, and the kids were like, get us out of here. So, uh, and then we walked around for a while in the vendors, and um, it was it was actually really amazing. And John kept calming down on it. He was like, whoa, I thought it was going to be way crazier than this. And then it was like a very miniature, laid-back version of Stitches. Nice. So there were maybe 30-ish vendors maybe more, a lot of them local to, if not to Northern California, then Oregon, um, and maybe a couple of people from Southern California, um, and saw some beautiful stuff, but, um, all I got in the end was two skeins of the self-striping yarn, this neons, mm-hmm. and then I bought also from Fishnets, this other kind of much more dusky colorway, it's called uh, cool 10, I believe. So this is a 10 stripe. I love it. And it's a, God, like a... It's, it has that, the California kind of color-y... Yeah, like, it's purple yeah. and it's green. Muted. Green, muted green, blue, and then like a chartreuse and brown. I can't even tell what all the colors are going to be in this. 
The other difference with this yarn is it's um, BFL. It's oh, a, nice. a strong sock. So I'll be curious to is see. Is it Superwash? Or? It is. It's okay. BFL Superwash and Nylon. I think 80-20. Okay. So um, I'll be interested to see just to knit with it. People will say good things about BFL as mm -hmm. a sock yarn. So, um, so I'm hoping to sort of kind of continue and have this maybe be purse knitting and um, of course, I'm already like stocking other self-striping yarns, <laughs> both by Fishnets and a couple other vendors. I have to say, it's, it's a little stressful because I think some of the more popular self-striping uh, yarn purveyors do these big updates that sell out in literally in minutes. On wow. Um, one, uh, you know, I saw something where people were talking about getting cart jacked on Etsy, where like you have something in your cart and then it just disappears. Right. Um, I watched just out of, for entertainment, I went on, uh, Canon hand dyed, had a, um, update and I just watched it like in, on Etsy as yarn disappeared from the page. Oh my God. It was nutso. I was really, I, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was, the update was at, like, at 4 PM and by 4.03, there were like three skeins left. Holy crap. So I don't know how much she had put up originally. I think I logged in at 4.03 or 4.05 uh -huh. and most stuff was gone. Given that she had, I'm assuming she had had more than three skeins of yarn to begin with. I feel so lucky to have gotten my my one skein of yeah. self-striping sock yarn. Right? Like, who knew? <laughs> it was the thing. Um, and there are some vendors, like Desert Visit Vista Dye Works, who does it by pre-order. So oh, that's kind of nice. So you can pre-order stuff. And uh, Fish Knits, she does updates, but she will also take pre-order she clearly has a really popular uh, colorway called Canadiana that's all white, but it's designed so you can self-stripe. So it has stripes just at the top, like um, like athletic socks, like old-fashioned huh. athletic socks. And she has sold skein after skein after skein. And Whoa. if you look at her Etsy sales. so And I saw it in person. I definitely was like, wow, that's cool. But then I kind of thought about it later. I'm like, but mostly you're knitting a white sock. Yeah. I and get then, plus, aren't you kind of like... Oh, I have to make the leg. I <laughs> yeah. keep making the leg until I get to that stripe. Because I, I usually, like, Peter, I usually make my legs really short. Because, uh, exactly. So I just right, like, want to yeah. get to something exciting. Um, well, I guess you could do the leg first, and then you end up back down at the foot. And just right. you're not making it for a man. But don't you have to kind of start at the right place to get the stripe in the right place? I'm assuming that she has worked that out for right. you. I mean, that's one of the genius things about self-striving yarns. They've worked all of the stuff out for you. Right. No switching colors, no figuring, no counting rows, because you just go with it. So thank you very much to the people who do the hard work of creating self-striving yarn. At any point, did you consider doing an afterthought heel? I did. People, I, actually, let me tell you, my original thought was there's this um, pattern that I saw that I have, have since purchased because it costs $1. Um, it's called the the Fish Lips Kiss Heel, huh. and it's supposed to create like the perfect heel. And I was like, great, I want to know what this technique is. Mm -hmm. So I bought the $1 pattern. It's 16 pages of instructions. Now, not for the heel itself. But in order to get the perfect heel for each person, you, like, have to trace their foot, mark the point where their ankle bone is, and then, and, like, once you've done this once for, uh, you know, each person, then you never have to do it again. Well, for my four-year-old, I'm not going to do this because I'm going to have to do it for him every six months until, right. his foot stop, until he's 18, right? right? So I was like, oh, I'm just doing a short room heel, which I do have to say drives me a little crazy. I always do it wrong for the first time and have to go back and repeat it. Right. So, um, maybe I should do an afterthought heel, especially for him, because what if he blows out his heel? It'll be really convenient and to, uh, replace, replace. Yeah. So, um, but this does have nylon in it. It's not a pure merino. So I'm hoping this will, this is they're her strong sock base or strong heart base. So I'm hoping that it will hold up. Um, yeah. Cool. So I'm almost, I'm almost there on his. So Top what, here. What else have you been knitting? Oh, wait, I finished. Well, is there anything? Oh, I want to tell you a little bit more about Lantern. Right, so, right. So in addition, it sort of had like a county fair thing where there were rides for kids, which was great because the kids go on the rides. Although it was so hot. The seats were yeah. like burning hot. I know, they would have gone on rides for like five years if, <laughs> if we had let them. Um, and then um, we ate some lamb food, which is, I guess, also part of the lamb town idea. Right. And... Um, 
And then we watched the sheep sharing contest, uh, which was... Was it a speed contest? Well, a... sort of. This is interesting. Yes, they explain it. It starts as a speed contest. So, like, if you finish first, you you like, you like have the X number of points. But once your competitor finishes, you can get more points from them than, than by being neater. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking also by not cutting the sheep, which I have to say, there was, like, some nicking. And that Aww. was hard to see. Poor sheep. And it was, the funny thing for me was that it felt like there was a disconnect between the shearing and the yarn concept. Like, this guy said, well, you know, in California, we don't wear very much wool clothes, so, but we really need to start having a wool industry here. And I was like... Speak for yourself, buddy. (laughs) I'm knitting a sock right in front of you. What can I, what more can I tell you (laughs) about the wool industry in California? So it was funny. I was like, oh, it's interesting that... That's not an awareness. So the wools that they, the sheep they generally shear are for things like um, wool felt. Or rugs. And rugs. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the things that he mentioned. Also, why there isn't, and if there is, I I, I won't be surprised to find out there actually is a um, pin-up calendar of sheep shearers. Because these young men are out there in their tank tops, and they're (laughs) totally like... You know, cute guys. There, there would be cat. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Hilarious. I was like, ah, uh, the sheep shears of California. I see a pinup <laughs> calendar starting. So, um, but you know, it was it was great. We got this bottomless lemonade that got us through the day. Oh, thank God! Ate some ice cream. You know, saw some really lovely wool. Um, Anyone get sunburned? I think we got a little sunburned. And then both kids fell asleep on the way home. We are like, oh, great. So I handed Cleo back to her mom, and I said, I gave your kid a lot of sugar, and I let her take a nap. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, but it was it was fun. They are, Adrian was just saying this morning, When's gonna, when is it going to be Lambtown again? So we will, we will return, Lambtown. Hopefully you will not be as hot. Next week, next year. I've been meaning to like try to get to like Black Sheep. I know. At some point. Oh, and Rhinebeck. The the dream of Rhinebeck. Yeah. Well, Black Sheep is in June. That's a possibility for me. Um, that's in Eugene. Is that in Eugene, or is it just outside of? It's somewhere in Oregon. There, somewhere. It might be outside of Eugene. Yeah. But yeah, you can see your cousin. Mm -hmm. So, can I ask a soft question? Mm -hmm. How long do you make the ribbing? Uh, like an inch to an inch and a half. All right, I feel like it needs a little bit more. Doesn't seem quite maybe an inch and a half. Yeah, not tall enough at the state. So, um, I finished a couple other things since we last spoke. uh, One of which is sitting here. It's the Anadel cowl. I talked about the pattern in the last episode, and the designer gifted me the pattern right after the episode. It was pretty exciting. It's exciting. So it is a cable on stockinette. Uh, pattern. It's like a shadow cable. A sh- yeah, and um, this is Madeline Tosh Chunky, I think. it was. I got it in a um, white elephant exchange, so I'm not positive what it is. It's the George... I can tell you, I think it's the Georgia O'Keeffe colorway. Um, so... Huh, I um, wonder what makes it Georgia O'Keeffe. Yeah, right? Because the colors are like a kind of a bright blue... Well, not bright. What would you... How would you call this blue-green? Like a... It's like kind of a peacock Yes, color, and then like uh, uh, olive and brown. Yeah, I don't know what makes it Georgia. It looks a little like camo. I think of it as seaweed. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I would yeah. Call it. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've puzzled that same question. Why is this called Georgia O'Keeffe? Because there's so many. I, I, think I always think of her as being like more pastel. Yeah, yeah, me too. Or at least southwestern. Right. Yeah, yeah. just like Karina from Project Runway. <laughs> Grr. For those of you in the know. Uh, we were uh. just discussing Project Runway before we started recording. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I finished this. I finished the Bristol hat, which is an Amy Christopher's, uh, Amy Christopher's pattern. Sorry, Amy. Um, then I knit Malabrigo Finito, and um, I think that's mainly what I What's knit. Finito? Finito is that, that really fine uh, merino. I think I've told you before, it's almost like cashmere. Here, I'm, I'm going to get it out for you. And you should, yes. while I'm doing that, talk about what you knit in, what, 12 days? 
Mm, I had more like 16 days. All right. But I finished Still. the dogwood blanket for you, my baby shower this weekend. I'm sorry, you weren't even, <laughs> it wasn't even on the radar of the last podcast. I know. I went from like not knitting at all to like knitting like a crazy person. But I like that pattern. Like it's so satisfying to finish a square. Mm-hmm. And like, I think I, it was easy to kind of time it so that I could try to finish a square every four days. Oh, okay. And, um, which was my, pro- I feel like, great. I, I feel like that was my prediction. Yeah. So you had enough time. I did. And, and I blocked it and crocheted it up and now it's done. And what yarn did you use? I used Malabrigo Rios in the Indesita colorway, mm-hmm. which is very close to the Dreaming Color Classy colorway, Beach Fog. Oh, which is the color... Of the blanket, of the blanket in the picture. Right? Yeah. I didn't realize I was doing that until I was knitting, and I was like, oh, I bought this because it looks just like the picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it turned out great. Awesome. Although, I have to get lace blocking wires, because what a pain to try to, like, uh, get yeah. it to an even square. With just needles, pins. Just pins. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't really block it as hard as I could have, so it's a little... It's not a you know, 40-inch square. It's more like a 36-inch square. It's made of 18-inch squares. But. you got to think, it is a baby blanket. It's not going to ever probably be all the way flat out anyway. Right. So, um... I was trying to show Matilda this morning how to swaddle a baby. <laughs> she had this doll, and she had taken all the clothes off the doll, and I was like, now, isn't she cold? Like, shouldn't we put her in a blanket? And I was like, here's how you do it. And I got a napkin. And she's like, no! And she pulled the baby out of the napkin, and that was that. That's it. Baby wants to be naked. Yeah. I think uh, also with that blanket, like, it's styled in the pictures. Like, oh, here it is, delicately on the crib. Like, I'm like, yeah, I know. It's never going to be like, never gonna be like that. It's going to be, like, wadded up under the stroller. Like, or, like, in the car. But it is one of the projects where I've gotten the most, like, uh, the most compliments, not necessarily on Ravelry, but people saw it on my Instagram. Like Kyle was like, "Oh my god, that's so beautiful! How could you ever get rid of it?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I mean it's okay." <laughs> like I'm like in person somehow. I don't know. I felt I felt kind of bad because I was like, "Sure, thanks," but yeah, it's, I don't know. I was kind of like, "Oh, if I made a million of these squares, <laughs> it could be a giant blanket." And then I was like, "No, no, no." <laughs> Step back from the insane thought that was. I think it would be, you know, knitting four of them is one thing, but knitting 16 would be, would be another thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the uh, Nora blanket you were going to crochet? Damn it. <laughs> I should just sew the squares that I have together and call it a baby blanket. You know, just, yeah. well, just how many stop that have? project. I have like six. And they're, they're like 15 inch squares maybe. Oh, so. really? Yeah. Yeah. I I think the, the only up. problem is that you, I'm like, of course, you probably would really want to have nine, but... I know. Speaking of crochet, I crocheted some uh, Babette motifs this last month. Nice! I just, I was sort of in between projects, and I was like, uh-huh. Were you reading the Sabizma? No. I can never keep up with those people. Thread. I find that very inspiring, though, because you see someone finish a blanket, and you're like, holy crap! We were just having the uh, world of sounds. Home improvement day. Yeah, around here. Our neighbors are are weeding, uh, and my husband is... I think sawing. Is that what that is? It sounds like sawing. I'm not quite sure what it is. <laughs> I think it might be on, um, on a bucket. Like he might be drumming on a bucket. No? You're right. He's actually... You're right. He's sawing. That yeah. is what he's doing. Okay, so now you know. It's it's a nice day here in Oakland, California. So people are getting getting things done. It's still Indian summer, basically. Yeah. Um, so now that you're done with the big blanket, you're working on the socks. I'm working on these socks. I'm still working on that Water Street cardigan. Mm-hmm. I saw that. So I'm almost done with the skirt of the body. Um, I had maybe four or five more inches to go before I hit the armpits, and then I have to knit some sleeves. So. I'm not that, I'm like, I'm like, I think about halfway. That's awesome. I know. I'm on a roll, man. You really are. I'm going to be like in perfect form by the time this baby comes and then. And then it all falls apart. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You never know. Like, I got a lot of knitting done when Adrian was 
really small. Babies are different. When they're blocky. When they're like, <laughs> they're usually like sleeping all the time and not at all entertaining, really. I mean, right. I thought he was, but obviously not enough that I wasn't also watching Down Abbey and knitting. So there you have it. I think I listened to like the entire Harry Potter on audiobook while nursing for a couple months. <laughs> Um, so I have been faced with a little bit of a conundrum. I think I was talking last time about knitting my brother his sweater. Right. So I started, turns out in January of this year, I started, um, and I was like, oh, knit a little bit each month. It won't be that big a deal. And, um, it's the East Hale Cardigan by Alexis Winslow. And I was knitting it in this yarn that I have valiantly tried to knit into three different projects. So it is... Um, Taki Donegal Tweed in this dark charcoal that's white flecked. It's very beautiful, but it is so hard to work with for me. It's pretty stiff and for a wool, you know. Like it's yeah. It's, there's not a lot of give. Yeah, there. and I think another thing is at some point I've decided to be a capital. If I was going to be a capital K knitter, that I needed to be a sheepy. Yeah, I needed to be, like, knitting things that were super close to the sheep and, like, rough and hard to work with. Like, right. And so I think that's the problem with both this Donegal Tweed, which I tried to knit a sweater for John, mm-hmm. tried to knit a sweater for my dad, and now I've tried to sweat, knit a sweater for my brother. Is it worse than Peace Fleece on the scratchy scale? Oh, absolutely, scale? yeah, absolutely. Because Peace Fleece, that mohair, while it's scratchy, lends a little bit of softness and airiness to it. Right. Um, this is really rustic and not evenly spun, even. Right. So, like, the ribbing isn't fantastic-looking ribbing, mm-hmm. right? And um, and I thought, uh, so I, I, I texted this to Jenny at some point, and I was like, okay, that's it, I give up. And then I went back, and I'm like, looked at it, and I'm like, no, you can do this, you're a big kid, you can do it. And I knit two rows, and I was like, if I did not like knitting with this, how can I expect my brother to want it, a non-knitter to want to wear this? Maybe you should just knit a giant sheet of Donegal tweed on the knitting machine <laughs> and then felt it and then sew with it. Yeah, I mean, that's what we've said with the Bodego Pastures, too, which I feel like is another yarn where I was like, I felt like, oh, I'm a capital K knitter, so I need to have this kind of yarn and work with these I love of the yarns. colors of Bodega Pastures yarn, though. Like, it's, they're so heathery and pretty. Yeah, no, it is true. And the same with the tweeds. The steam tweeds. Um, they get you. They suck you in. <laughs> Every time I try to get out, they put me back in. <laughs> um, so, so I'm left to to sort of think about what what am I going to make his sweater out of? And you had the lovely but expensive suggestion of Elsa wool corner or blackstone tweed or blackstone tweed, also on the expensive end. So he, much he, more happy to knit with. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So here's my. So I went and I went to Article Pack last weekend, and I was looking around um, to get yarn to knit a baby sweater for not, for someone else, and so uh-huh. I ended up getting um, Barocco Vintage again. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought, oh, could I knit? Yes. Yes, but then I read about it a little bit more, and I I think that it's too pilly and soft for an adult sweater. Okay. So then I thought I looked at the sweater they have knit up in Cascade Eco wool. Right. And it looks lovely and feels fine. And that's very sheepy. And it's very sheepy. And um, and then I went back and looked at the pattern, and that's what it's knit in originally. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's like, hilarious. I was like, <laughs> I was talking to my friend Rebecca, and she's like, well, what, what yarn was it knit in? And I was like, that's a great question. Let me look it up. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, my God, it was knit in Cascade Eco Wool. So I think I'm going to do it in Eco Wool. It's economically, it makes sense. It's like a, you know, it costs probably $70. And you'll have very few ends to weave in. That's true. It's. I think I can knit it in easily in three skeins, probably. It's like... It's like a yowza size skate. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, they're four hundred and seventy eight yards. Yeah. Um, but uh, but now so it's just a matter of deciding on the color. Like they have those beautiful natural colors, um, but they also have this really some really cool dyed colors. So um, I'm sort of deciding between one of the darker grays and um, they have this lovely 
brown, like a golden brown um, that has, um, you know, it's a little heathery. They have quite a color selection. So I think that that's what it's going to be. And the gauge is big enough that I, I still feel like if I start this in November, that gives me plenty of time to just work on it pretty religiously. Mm -hmm. So when's it due? February 9th. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's largely stockinette. It's yes. not like a super complex. Although then, of course, I started thinking, what if I did a different pattern? And I'm looking at all these complicated patterns. I'm like, let's think about like long-term wearability. Like something as simple is often most appreciated. Yes. Although John did say after we went to uh, Lambtown that he wanted a a cable sweater in a natural black. That would be very pretty. And uh, I think that, again, yeah, Eco Wool would be the good choice for that. They have some, a really nice natural black. Um, so that is kind of where my knit planning is for big projects coming up. Um, do you have anything... Uh, you've got, um, I still have to finish the Gramps cardigan oh, yeah. that I started. It's kind of, it's ready to be split off into the arms and the body. It's often where it seems like you, and you have a, a Put pause. it down for a second. <laughs> to knit a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and that other cardigan and these socks. Um, but I was like going through my stash the other day. And Matilda was, like, opening the boxes and getting excited. Uh -huh. I was like, ah, oh, I have so much, like, really, I have a lot of, like, lace project yarn that I, I just want to mm -hmm. use up. So what kinds of stuff do you have? Um, I got some yarn at a couple of stitches ago. Um, I cannot remember anything anymore, but who's the Let's name see. of the dyer who shares the booth with Alana? Oh yeah, Lisa is her name. And I have never bought her stuff, so I'm going to be hard-pressed to remember. It's called something about color. I'll think about it. But you bought some lace weight for her? It's like a very light fingering in a merino okay. silk Um blend and it's very beachy kind of mm -hmm. colors and I was thinking about making um, a Martina Bem pattern. Viagent. The one with like the roughly edge. Oh, Lentella. Yeah. But now I'm rethinking that and I think maybe I should make like a half circle shawl. I like the way those. Oh, you know there's a uh, Helen Stewart Mm -hmm. who is Curious Handmade. She has a um, a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, she has a circle shawl. She has a couple of circular or semicircle shawls. Wait, you mean a whole? No, no half. semicircle, half circle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was looking at yarn, not designers. Sorry. Um, a few really lovely patterns. Um, one that I really like is because I just can't keep knitting trousseau, trousseau over and over again. I mean, I mean, I could. But. She has afternoon tea, which is uh, from Mini Spring Summer 2012, which is. I think I made that. You think you made it? No, I didn't. Um, and I think this is the one where uh, a student I know knit. This is like her second project. She's like, oh yeah, I knit a scarf and then I knit this. I was like, you kidding me? Um, so that one, and then she has this other one that I think is really lovely. The other pattern is the Radiance Shawl, when I thought of, which is, um... Very Trousseau-like. Very Trousseau-like, yeah. yeah, but it's, it is in lace weight. I don't know how much you have, this is a lot of yarn, 900 yards. I was actually thinking about knitting this in, uh... I mean, if you have it, like, 800... Yeah, I mean, I think you could probably figure out a way to not do as many increases or this area where there's garter stitch, not do as many rows of garter stitch. Right. But I thought that's a really pretty circular skull. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we you figured out it's becoming art. Becoming art. So is it? It's beachy. Is it one of like a solid with 
speckling? Or? Yeah, okay. it's kind of like a sand color with like blue. It, it's kind of like a Siamese cat, like speckle, uh-huh. like blue and gray. And, oh, pretty! Yeah, it's really, it's really pretty. pretty. It's really pretty. Nice. I see. That's great. I remember moments of like going through my yarn with Adrian, like taking all my skeins out, and yeah. you really do see stuff. You're like, oh, hey, that thing. <laughs> oh, there's that. <laughs> um, I did want to announce that I drew a name for um, the third quarter Uli challenge and the winner is T simple Kelly and um, I will be in touch with you I have a project bag for you I have some Louette worsted yarn for you courtesy of Louette um, and um, I will be in touch with you because I have a number of books um, that we have received uh, over time that I would love for you to take a selection from so I will give you some options and so the, we are in the last Uli challenge, quarterly challenge for the year, and it is sort of the general idea for the quarter is gifts. And for October, it is uh, working on your sock yarn stash. Um, and I was thinking for November that the idea would be some sort of random act of kindness. So um, if there is uh, the barista who serves you coffee in the morning or your mail carrier or you want to tie a scarf to a pole, um, just give somebody something, make something for somebody who wouldn't expect to get something for you from you, which um, I don't know who that's going to be in my world. I actually like the idea of like knitting something and leaving it out just in the world to see if someone picks it up. Right. So um, that will be in November. Um, and I also want to talk a little bit about the challenge for kind of the, the knit along for next year. And some of you on the boards may have heard, uh, may have read me talking about knitting hats. I've been like going hats crazy. I think I forgot to talk about another thing I knit, which is the mixed hat by uh, Thea Coleman. And um, is this cute? Very cute. I love it. It's a striped hat, very in the stripes, um, and that has a um, really. It's, it's, I don't know. Is this a cable? It's like a herringbone. Um, right. Yeah. It's a. It is a cable, but with a slip stitch. It's a slip stitch cable pattern. And so I, um, I made uh, this out of some what I had left of some um, Shellridge Farms DK weight yarn. Nice. This will be for my older niece once I weave in all those ends. But I'm really into knitting hats, and I'm going to try. My idea was to knit uh, 30 hats in 2015. So like two, well, more than two hats a month. Not quite a hat a week. People are like, whoa, Nicole, back off. I don't know if I could do that. So no. I'm going to say that it's 15 hats in 2015. And that you can even take a little bit of a head start in um, two hats that you knit between November 1st and December 31st can count towards your total of 15 for next year, just to make things more complicated. You can join the middle along at any time um, that you want. There's no start date. You don't have to have joined on November 1st or January 1st. You can join any time next year. So if you want to knit 15 hats in the month of August, go for it. If you're Jessica Rose. If you're Jessica Rose, you will do that. Um, and um, we are going to have um, an incentive. We won't talk about it now because it's not. it does not exist. Uh, we're still in the planning phases. So anybody who finishes knitting 15 hats in 2015 uh, will get... Um, We'll get something. Um, we'll get a prize. Um, so, uh, but, and if you knit beyond the, uh, 15, you will also get that prize and, you know, our enormous admiration. Um, and, you know, just think about it in terms of you can knit hats. A lot of people are like, well, I don't wear hats, but think about the people who do wear hats. There's charity options. And um, this is a great Uli tie in because I have lots of single skeins and remnants. I'm just looking at my jars of remnants. So it's a really nice way to use up small amounts of yarn. And there's just a ton of hat patterns out there. What I'm hoping to do into the new year, I don't have enough bandwidth to do this now, is to work with designers to feature a designer each month of the knit along. So we'll feature 12 different designers in 2015. Um, And uh, for now, what I would say is knit hats from your pattern stash (laughs) using your current stash as much as possible. And then um, 
we will um, start looking at specific designers. There's some hat designers that I absolutely love, and I'm sure you know many of them you've heard us talk about, but I'd love to give them a little more airplay. So um, I'm going to come back on, and we're going to close here with Jenny, but I'm going to come back on and talk a little bit about sewing. I have a review of a sewing book um, that I want to talk about and just tell you, give you a little update about what I've been sewing. I haven't been doing a lot lately, but I'm about to kick into high gear with Halloween around the corner. So stay tuned if you want to listen to, to some sewing talk, and um, we will talk to you next time. Yay! Bye! Bye! Hey, folks. It's uh, Nicole. I'm back to talk a little bit about sewing for those of you who are interested. Um, first, I w- thought I would recap some of the things that I so this summer, um, I was pretty productive, although I don't think I went entirely in the direction I wanted to, which was to be able to create clothes for the fall. I was sort of creating clothes for the season that I was in, um, which was summer. Uh, one of the things that I made and wore the most was the Poly Top by By Hand London. It's a free pattern on their website. I believe you have to sign up. I can't remember. It's been so long. And either they email it to you or email you a link to download it. Um, it's a cute tank top, sort of reminiscent of the Wixton, but a little, uh, Wixton tank, but it's a little more, uh, fitted, I guess. Yeah, it's not as A-line of a tank top and it has this cutout in the front, so you can use two fabrics. It's, it's really cool. I use this vintage thrift store, um, what I would think was a tablecloth fabric, um, for the main. And then I use for the cutout panel part, which actually, as you look at me wearing it, is sort of the main piece, just a fat quarter that I had, um, in my stash. Um, I, I wore the heck out of that. Um, I also made the endless summer tank, um, tunic, which I am actually wearing right now out of a very lightweight chambray, um, wore it a ton, um, I, I want to make another one of these as with the poly top, um, but haven't gotten around to it. I actually have some Akati fabric that I bought at A Verb for Keeping Warm um, that I'd like to make it. And the Endless Summer Tunic is a pattern from A Verb for Keeping Warm, who now has a whole line of patterns um, that are, are very interesting, kind of simple in construction, but b- very up-to-date in terms of sort of what is wearable and kind of over time, I think will continue to be in style. I'm just looking through my Flickr as I go. I made a bunch of lunch bags uh, that are lined with pool, polyurethane laminate, and I just made those on my serger. Um, that's two things I really tried to do this summer is work with my serger and uh, work with knits. So um, this was a woven fabric where I just used the serger so I didn't have to sort of finish anything and uh, these have been high use um, this year's Adrian's preschool program he eats lunch there so and they um, like it if we if you don't use plastic as much as possible so um, these bags have really come in handy and then in terms of working with knits I made some more underwear and you can see those on my Flickr page Um, I love them I love they fit so well the fabric is is really a much higher quality than you would get from a store-bought pair of underwear. Um, so hopefully they will last longer. Um, I did have some difficulties using my serger uh, with the knits, and I've, I've right now put that on hold. But I, I got a lot of what is called grinning, I believe, which is when you pull at the seams, that the seams, you can see the threading, and, and that just that didn't seem right. It seemed like that was loose, and I tried a million different variations, and I, I just couldn't get it right. Um, I made one pair entirely on the serger, and they actually fell apart a little bit. Um, wasn't a totally lost cause. I just threw them on my sh- machine and sewed them up with a zigzag stitch, and they've been uh, in use and well used ever since. So um, I am planning on making more underwear in the future. I also made a pair of leggings, which was super exciting. I'm also wearing them right now just out of some black uh spandex cotton fabric um, that I have no idea even where I acquired it or how long I've had it um, but I, I want to say I bought it for this project but probably not um, I used the espresso leggings pattern from cake patterns and it is an interesting concept so you print it out tape it together I guess you could also buy the hard copy you take some measurements and you mark them on this template and then you trace that and just kind of connect the dots um 
I did have to make some adjustments. The waist was particularly high based on the measurements that I took. So um, I took a, an inch and a half or so off that for the next pair that I made, which actually are a pair of shorts for uh, my Halloween costume, which is Wonder Woman. I'll probably talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. But um, And I took the waist far down from that, and they were fine. Um, so I'm about to make a third pair, and um, I'll see how those go. Um, in the realm of non-knits but um, interesting fabrics or new fabrics, I made a pair of tap pants using a very lightweight silk remnant that I got um, at Stone Mountain and Daughters, one of the local fabric stores. And I used a self-drafted pattern that I had gotten, I had made through the um, One Yard Wonders book, one of those um, for sleep shorts. And so I used sort of the basic pattern for that, but shorter. Um, and I trimmed it in some lace so I didn't have to hem them. And I actually did that by hand because just when you're working with especially lightweight silk, I just felt like sending it through the machine too many times was not going to be good for it. So I sewed the main seams on the machine and I sewed the elastic waistband, which was a lingerie lace that I just, a lingerie, uh, elastic, sorry, that I just pulled as I went in order to have it, have a cinched waist that went through the machine. But then the, um, hems, I just felt like I wasn't going to be careful enough. So I sewed on, um, by hand some lace for the legs. Um, so the, um, those are really cute. And I made those to wear under the jumpsuit that I made, which I love. I used uh, the pattern from Simplicity, 1355. And um, it is the design that you see on the front of the package. And you I'll link to both a picture of mine and the package. But I changed the back. The back was a crossover back. And just because my back is smaller... Um, it kind of, I just didn't, I didn't trust that it would stay closed and that I would like the way it, it looked. So I took the back and I basically copied the front for the back, but made it straight across instead of a V-neck. And I brought the V-neck up a little bit and it is, it's really cute. I, I wore it to a wedding this summer and then I've worn it, uh, to work a couple of times, um, including this really hot day a few weeks ago. It was perfect for that. It's a, in a lightweight African wax print, um, that's stunning. It's, it's, it's a showstopper kind of a piece. Um, but I enjoy wearing it. It's very comfortable. And, um, I kind of feel like I might have another jumpsuit in me. We'll see. <laughs> um, and I did work on some other knit projects. I made a maxi skirt where I improvised the pattern based on a bunch of tutorials I found online and a tank top that I also sort of improvised. I used the basic um, shape for the scoop neck tee, which is a really cute, or scoop tee, which is a really cute t-shirt. But for me, I think the combination of the fabrics, which were both rayon knits, um, and the heaviness sort of of the rayon just didn't work for those. So the skirt itself was horizontally striped and I, it was just not flattering for me. I gave the skirt to my friend and hopefully she is using it or has tossed it and I don't have to know about that or she's passed it on to somebody else. But, um, I, you know, when I wore it, the one time I wore it, one or two times I wore it, everybody said, oh, that's so cute. But I felt like I was wearing my pajamas all the time. So it just, it wasn't for me. I think if I had made it knee length, it, I might've liked it better. Um, and the tank top, um, it kind of kept sagging in the arms and I had tried to reinforce the seams, but that didn't seem to work. So I, um, I, uh, started to wear it to run in and then it got a stain on it. And then I was like, see you later. Sorry, tank top. You were not meant for this world. Um, I also made a tank top that I use as an undershirt. There was a pretty good pretty good, pretty successful. I rubbed off the pattern from another tank top. And, um, I think the only thing that I probably should or would change is that the neckline was a little flopsy. So I need to tighten that up. Um, if I were to make that tank top again, which I should, I wear a ton of tank tops. Um, so, and then I made a dress from another simplicity pattern. It's simplicity 1358. And, um, it's a tank dress. 
I had actually tried one version that was just two pieces, but um, I couldn't make the back work for me. So I made the, the pattern that's four pieces, that's a V-neck, um, and that way I could play with you know the that center seam in both the front and the back if I needed to take in fabric anywhere. Um, and I wore it. I wasn't crazy about it. It didn't get very hot in Oakland this summer, so I didn't realize the beauty of this until I went to Las Vegas and it was a zillion degrees and I wore this dress and it was perfect for the weather. Um, and then I went to wear it when we had a little hot spell here and I had stained it and I don't think it's recoverable, but um, I am going to use the pattern again in making my Halloween costume. I actually cut out the pieces uh, last night. I am going to be a modern take on Wonder Woman. It's like Wonder Woman goes office casual. I am I'm making this tank top and um, I'm going to embellish it with gold embroidery and um I've made the running, I've made like little shorts for um, a Halloween fun run I'm doing. And then I'm actually um, making a skirt, which leads me to my other topic, which is um, I would like to talk about a new-ish sewing book. It came out, I believe, in September. And it's the new book from Gretchen Hirsch. It's Gertie Sews Vintage Casual. So um, if you are a sewer, sewist, seamstress, um, seamer I don't I still haven't arrived at the right word for that um you are probably familiar with Gertie's blog for better sewing and um let's see her first book which is called Gertie's new book for better sewing came out in oh, came out a couple of years ago I cannot find the the statement of copyright here my gosh what kind of librarian am I but um came out a couple of years ago and it's an adorable book with um, basic patterns for some very classic vintage silhouettes and um, I when I started sewing full bore in the last couple of years I got this book um, and then uh, recently was contacted about her new book and sent a copy of Gertie Sizzo's Vintage Casual. Now I, I really love the original book um, however the 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 silhouettes are vintagey in a way that doesn't I won't say they're they're very particular and um, I like the style but it's not a style that I would wear every day these would be sort of more for when I'm trying to be a little more dressy um, so what I love about Gertie Sews Vintage Casual it's very much my everyday style. It includes patterns for both woven and knit fabrics. And I think that's just a fact of modern life. I think that most of us wear a considerable number of garments that are knit. And I think that that sometimes can be the obstacle for sewing is you think, oh, the, the items you'd want to replace like leggings or underwear or t-shirts are knit. And there's something that seems challenging about that. And I can tell you from experience, there's a learning curve, but it is absolutely 100% possible and this book makes it even more so um, the book is broken down into skills and wardrobe and you know there's some of that customary like walking you through the beginning of what you need to get sewing but there are specific chapters that talk about the different skills for woven fabrics and for knit fabrics um, she talks about fitting um, in both of those and then also uh pattern making so the way that both of the books the, the original book and the the new book um, are broken down is by the type of garment when you get into the actual patterns and so there are base patterns let's see in the new book in vintage casual it's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten ten base patterns so there's a blouse a flared skirt which is one of my favorite silhouettes just ever a knit sweetheart top uh, cigarette pants, thumbs up, an easy knit pencil skirt, thumbs up, uh, the pinup sweater, a shift dress, which is, you know, right now I see everywhere, um, a wrap dress, zip front dress, and the halter top. And then for each of those base patterns, there are one to five variations on it. So the cigarette pants include the basic cigarette pants, but then a wide leg pant, a pedal pusher, a flared short, sailor shorts, and jeans. So even though there's the 10 base patterns and she walks you through, here are the variations you can make to 
have um, you know this other type of garment. And the really great part of that is that you can fit yourself for the base pattern, and then it's pretty easy to sort of alter from there. So in a way, it's a different launching off point from um, our friend Cal Patch's book, which where you actually draft the pattern yourself. You know, this um, takes that variable out. You don't have to do the drafting. The pattern is there. You fit yourself into that pattern, and then once you're fit, you can create the variations from there. I have already tried one of these patterns, which is the easy knit pencil skirt for my Wonder Woman costume. Um, and this was like a double challenge for me because I actually used spandex uh, fabric when I was looking at all the blues in the fabric store. The best one was this spandex fabric. And I figured if I was going to make the running shorts, um, I might as well just get that yardage and use it for both projects. Um, and so I... You traced and cut out the pattern and I actually I'm, I think I'm glad I was trying to decide between a six and an eight and I decided well I'll cut out the size eight and it's easier to take in than you know I can't let out it basically especially with knits like it's sort of the thing with knits is once you've sewn it it can be a little challenging to undo and resew. so um I mean it's obviously doable but it's better to be able to take something in than to try to let something out so the eight was a good score, and she even says in there, with knit fabrics, there's not really muslining. You're really, you know, all knits behave differently. And um, it was nice to hear somebody say that, because I always think, oh, you have to make a muslin for everything. And, you, and it's really hard to replicate that if you have two incredibly different fabrics. Like, even though I've now made this in the spandex, I wouldn't necessarily say that when I made it again in, say, a ponte knit, or a double knit that I could make it exactly the same way. Um, I did um, I did cut the eight, and that was a good idea because spandex is much, uh, I think, much tighter than some of the other knits that I have worked with, which are more cotton and very little spandex in there. And this is spandex, you know. So um, it is very fitted. I noticed that uh, with my leggings, too, the pattern that was a little big for me in a cotton spandex blend in pure spandex was plenty it was they were plenty fitted so um on the eight I did it with a normal seam allowance um I didn't even hem it uh which you know not highly sophisticated but it, it's fine this is another benefit of knits um and it was it's simple as pie and um uh, I cut out the two pieces they're identical the one variation I made was instead of putting an elastic, I uh, made a self waistband, which means I just used the spandex fabric, cut a waistband that was a couple inches tighter than the waist at the top of the skirt, and uh, sewed that on. And um, and it's great. It fits very well. Actually, I'm really excited about it. And I'm excited about um, some of these other patterns. I do have my own pattern for a flared skirt, but um, I'm actually not... I don't know if the flare is quite enough. So what's nice about being able to use this pattern is she sort of worked out, you know, the proportions of waist to flare. So I definitely want to give that one a try. I want to make a blouse and there is a blouse base pattern. Um, but I've always been nervous about buttonholes and making sure everything's right. Um, and the other pattern I'm really excited to knit, well, knit, sorry, brain, um, to sew is the shift dress. Um, I'd like to make a basic shift dress and I've seen some cute variations where people take a shift dress and cut it at different places. So there's a waistline or a dropped waistline and um, to have the base pattern all ready for me. I'm, I'm happy to have that. And I, you know, I keep thinking I, I did take a, I dipped my toe into pants this summer by making a elastic waist pants linen pants but um these cigarette pants might be a great place to start with uh, making fitted pants so um i feel like the instructions are plentiful and just a lot of great practical advice um if you are a fan of gertie's blog um, i really i really endorse this book i think that if you are thinking about getting either of her books think about your own personal aesthetic and while someday I think I will probably make one of these super adorable dresses from Gertie's new book for better sewing in the long run, I think the book that will be, um, my go-to would be this vintage casual. It's, it just really for me identified a, my style and a style that I really like. Um, and I think that 
while something that was casual 50 or 60 years ago is definitely more dressy than maybe what people wear day to day. I mean, I work in an environment where jeans are not uncommon to be worn every day by many of my colleagues. So that I wear a skirt most days is fairly revolutionary. Um, so I, um, I appreciate that it sort of steps up my casual wardrobe to like a slightly classier um, point of view. Um, so for me, um, while, you know, both books and they both kind of take that same format, um, you know, for you, you just want to say, what is your style? And if what you're looking for is like to kind of step up your wardrobe in a more formal, I mean, definitely for today's wardrobe way, and it depends on your work environment and your day-to-day -day environment and your own aesthetic, right? I mean, Gertie, the awesome thing about Gertie is her pink hair and tattoos, and she pulls off both of those styles, um, in with you know with great grace so um the gertie says vintage casual is both of them are widely available um on amazon um the um cover price is uh 35 dollars for the new book um i believe you will go if you went onto amazon you would find a discounted price from that um so i'm still sewing um I'm knitting more because I'm back at work, but um, uh, the sewing machine is currently in use for Halloween costumes. My Wonder Woman costume and Adrian's costume, he is going to be the super moon and has requested a pair of overalls, and I found an awesome fabric that has a picture of the that's like a replication of the surface of the moon, which, thank God, because he and I were going back and forth about how he would replicate the craters of the moon, and now we don't have to do that. <laughs> So um, if you want to see what I'm doing, I will link to my Flickr and I will also, if you follow me on Instagram, I am Stash and Burn on Instagram. So um, you will see both sewing and knitting and daily, daily life. Um, I took a picture of my coffee this morning as well as the socks that I just finished knitting. So um, that is uh, this episode, episode 142. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, show notes can be found at stashandburn.com. We have a lovely, welcoming, supportive group on Ravelry, Stash and Burn fans or Stash and Burn listeners. Uh, if you just search Stash and Burn under groups, you will find us. Uh, like I said, on Instagram and Twitter, Stash and Burn, that is me. Um, and um, I will, we will, Jenny and I will be back soon to talk to you more about knitting. Have a good one. My baby gives me back rubs, she cooking things to do She helps me push my car, but when it will not go I need not to fend her, some people run and scream Daily she says no to the coach of the baseball team Cause she's the beast with five hands She's the beast with five hands Don't you try and take her, don't you know that I'm a man She's my baby